0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the ImpactVest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. I'm Aisha Williams, the founder and CEO of ImpactVest, and along with our guest host, we aim to inspire and motivate towards collective positive global impact to solve our world's most pressing challenges in sustainability. With each episode, we will engage in insightful conversations with global change makers, visionaries and sustainability activists who wish to build a more sustainable and resilient future. Join us now as we create the future of impact.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Aisha Williams, the founder and CEO of ImpactVest, and I am here today with Soji Olu, the founder and CEO of Aerosmat. Soji is a senior executive with professional expertise in technology, strategic planning, and product and leadership. Today, we are speaking about his background and what he is launching with Erisad and his plans for the future. Welcome to our podcast, Oji.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me, Haisha. Uh, it's been an amazing opportunity to, uh, to be part of this podcast. Um,
1: it is really a pleasure to have you. On our podcast and for our listeners also, AirSMAT is one of our Impact Fest Alliance members and also one of our Impact Fest portfolio companies. So it really is a pleasure to have you on today, Soji, to speak about AirSMAT, which I am very motivated by your work with AirSMAT. And can you tell us a bit about your background and why you launched AirSMAT and your plans for the future?
2: Yeah, thank you so much Aisha and uh, it's been uh, like I mentioned amazing opportunity to be part of this podcast and uh, also uh being part of impact vest, uh, the amazing work that's been done uh, by yourself and the team in uh, this impact driven environment that quite frankly the world needs at this time to your question my background, as you've mentioned to the viewers and listeners to this podcast, uh, my name is Soji Soyalu. I am the CEO and the co-founder of Smart. The objective of uh, Smart as a company is to help farmers uh, wherever they are on the continent of Africa to achieve maximum crop yield uh, using technology, data-driven farming to be precise. And this ties nicely to my background you know, growing up in Nigeria as a young child, uh, I followed my late grandfather to the farm, where at this time, uh, I saw uh, as a young child, the pain point that he went through as a smallholder farmer, growing crops and taking that those crops to the uh, marketplace. As I grew up into an adult uh, with my background in engineering, I began to look at how do I solve a real-life problem uh, leveraging technology. And that's how Esma uh, came to be, trying to solve this old problem that I saw with my late grandfather in a new way, uh, leveraging technology, uh, which is the heart of SMART today, so.
1: And the process of leveraging technology to increase crop yields, can you explain to us a bit more how the technology works?
2: Ah, thank you. Yeah, so that's a brilliant question, uh, Aisha. So the the idea is simple, uh, and I would love to draw a comparison to us as human beings. So, uh, yourself or myself, I know this for a fact. For me, few times I've been to the hospital uh, because uh, my body not feeling, wasn't feeling well, and the, the doctors uh, will typically the uh, those occasion had asked. I should go get blood sample and in some location, urine sample. You know, I get all of that, hand it over to the uh, people involved. And then after a while, I get some information from the doctor. And over time, I began to think what were the doctors looking for in blood sample and urine sample? Practically, they're looking for data. And the objective is to make sure that by the time they're and are giving the prescription uh, for medication, they're very precise at solving that health problem, using uh, the precise medication. Uh, the farm is not different. So day in, day out on the farm, anywhere on the continent of Africa and across the world, there's what we call farm data. So, data from the soil, data from the atmospheric uh, uh, weather condition, uh, everywhere. So, for us at Smart, our objective is taking this farm data, running it through our AI backed application platform. And with that, at the other end of that, as the output, is a summary of what that data uh, meant to the farmer. And we are able to share these information summarized information to farmers using this our ai-backed recommendation and so to your question how does technology help farmers uh especially in africa uh, where today we see a uh, guesswork uh, between farmers uh you know to take day to the operational decision on their farm is the fact that we're not bringing data to them we're helping them to take decision on, for example, the use of fertilizer, the quantity of fertilizer. Uh, you know, we're helping them to know precisely what is required, so that for the first time they're having optimized spending and the good part that I'll probably talk about in the course of this uh, podcast. So
1: yes, and I imagine when the farmers have the data the very precise data that they need in order to optimize outputs, it makes everything much more efficient for them in Mm -hmm. terms of cost, in terms of spending. And what has been some of the feedback that you've received from farmers who have this technology?
2: Amazing. I'm so happy you asked that question, uh, Aisha. So uh, on our journey so far, uh, talking, working with farmers uh, in, in Nigeria, where we have covered you know at the last count uh over 53,000 acres of farmland what we have seen uh, as feedback and, and these are uh, pretty good data that we have been fed uh, by customers up and down the country Nigeria uh, for example where we are operating is the fact that a farmer a maize grower in Nigeria for example was able to save up to 40% in the cost of fertilizer. So what that means in practical terms, is this the money in the past he has spent to buy fertilizer, use them when they were not required. So practically a waste. And they cascaded damage on the environment because he's now using fertilizer that's not even required. So we've been able to, I mean, farmer fed this back to us up to 40% in the use cost of fertilizer. In addition to that, he was able to grow more crops that helped him when he took that to the marketplace, 58% increase in revenue. So optimized spending in the use uh, cost of fertilizer, and they grew more crops because there was targeted application of those fertilizer to the affected area of the farm, and then there was more yield. I mean, he was a happy man uh, at the end of that planting season. So to your question, uh, you know, this is just one of the examples of many that have shared with us of the impact what they experienced using our capability, uh, for example, so.
1: Yes, and, and those figures are amazing figures in, in, in terms of the output that increases the cost savings. And if this is replicated, I'm sure, not only throughout Nigeria, but throughout the African continent, uh, the increase that we'll be able to see in crop yields will be substantial, right? And, and the transformation in, in terms of uh, just food abundance will will be very, very clear, right? And what are some of the qualities or the, the criteria that you think that needs to be improved in terms of technology, in terms of usage, in terms of adoption? Are there some criteria on the horizon that you would require or, or that you would like to see within the sector in order to scale?
2: Yeah, that's that's a good question. Yeah, and to your comment earlier on, I mean, the objective at the end of all of this is food availability for all on a continent of. At the last count of 1.4 billion people, and you know, still struggling to feed it uh, itself as a continent. Uh, there is no better time to than now to leverage technology. To drive uh, this uh, more food that like you alluded to, uh, and yes, to, to your question, uh, some of the challenges uh, and we, for uh, because this is brand new, we're trying to innovate in an industry that is least digitized today on the continent. Uh, you have uh, digitization in in finance sector and all of these other sector, but agriculture for some reasons have been left behind and to digitize such environment so far on our journey uh, is being innovative quite rewarding but also a lot of pain you know going from one barrier to the other and you touched on an important aspect of adoption so today on the continent we see the demography of farmers up and down the continent, in Nigeria where we are, and what we see across the continent, the demography is changing by the day. And uh, so we now see more youthful, younger generation stepping into agriculture, now trying to be farmers. And uh, you know, this is a generation that knows technology; they know the value of technology. And so, yeah, ideally, people will think, "Well, farmers in Africa—they're very old. Do they know technology?" Uh, some partly true, but for us, at smart? Uh, where we see the adoption coming up, and by by extension, driving our growth into the future, is the demography changing from? The relatively older generation to young generation, one of our early adopters that, you know, came on board 2021, May to be precise, is uh, in his uh, 40s. So appreciates technology, knows the value of technology, and he's been with SMART since that time. And so to your question, you know, adoption is a challenge. But that is changing by the day because demography is changing. And also what could help us, you added another point there, what could help drive this adoption Uh, is the intervention that we're seeing from different governments in Africa. The uh, African Development Bank, for example, is driving some of these, uh, uh, you know, intervention and the local government in different countries are driving the intervention. And we see the more we have this in level of intervention from government, uh, the better it is for adoption. And quite frankly, we provide amazing growth for SMART into the future.
1: So... Absolutely. I have a great appreciation for farmers like we all should. I believe that the adoption of technology within agriculture is revolutionary, in particular on the African continent. And uh, the growth, I think that we can see within this sector, we'll, we'll see it for years to come. So what have been some of the challenges that you've faced, Soji, um, scaling ARISMAT, and some of the opportunities that you also see on the horizon?
2: Okay, amazing, thank you. Uh, Well, uh, I mentioned some of them already, Uh, challenges, you know, I I take all of these as positive. They are blockers, Uh, we're we're innovating to solve them. Uh, So one of the major challenges that I've alluded to is adoption, and uh, that is changing for us at Smart. How are, are we handling that? Are we able to reach the critical mass of smallholder farmers, for example, in Nigeria. Uh, an approach that we've adopted uh, in the business model is to uh, go for partnership uh, with institutions uh, that have direct relationship with these smallholder farmers. You know, I shall believe you know about this. Uh, towards the tail end of 2022, uh, we, smart announced a commercial partnership uh, with Stelling Bank PLC, and then uh, with the objective of helping Stelling Bank to drive evaluation and monitoring to thousands of smallholder farmers that come to them for, uh, for bank loan. And uh, you know, amazing opportunity. So for us, with that type of partnership, we are now able to you know, solve this problem of access to these smallholder farmers. Other partnership that we've worked, uh, you know, in the in the last uh, towards the tail end of last year is to work with uh, extension companies. You know, these are educationists. You know, educationists, like some of them, you know, that we have already, uh, you know, Syngenta that we're talking to, Rose in Rose, Extension Africa. These companies, they have thousands of farmers that they educate to help them in farming operational decision. And uh, we're now in partnership with them. This institution uses, we use SMART technology, and then they can use that to pass it to these other people. So for us, that's the way we're solving that problem. And in terms of scaling, you know, uh, the way SMART applications have been built uh, we thought of this from day one, you know, it's a platform. So I, I I describe SMART as one platform, two channels. So one platform, meaning, you know, you log into one place and you're able to consume our capability. So whatever we have today in Nigeria can be used in Ghana, in Namibia, in Zimbabwe, you know, different geography, you know, and I'll use this opportunity to talk about one of the products or uh, features that we just brought up, announced to the market, actually last week, is Farm Manager. Uh, Farm Manager is a mobile application that farmers, wherever they are, in Africa or anywhere in the world, actually... Can now document the activities of their farm. And so they can document from the time of purchase when the whatever is done on the farm. So for the first time, farmers and farm owners do not keep this information in the head of an individual or written on paper. We're not digitizing that so that year on year they're not in a position to leverage on past information of their farm and take decision into the future. It's a mobile application uh, on a smart crow that could be downloaded anywhere. It's based on subscription. It can be used in any geography. It solves the problem of traceability. And so this, we think, is the way we will scale across the continent. Uh, with minimal boot on ground, you know, and if boot on ground is required, and they were able to also address that. Quite challenging, Aisha, to be honest. Innovating in the least digitized industry in Africa is a lot of uh, challenges. But so far on our journey with passion, focus, and, uh, you know, this my own personal experience of what I saw with my little grandpa is driving us to make sure when those challenges show up we just confront and solve those problems so
1: and like all great entrepreneurs soji uh, i you are you are up for the challenge right and so i think often with entrepreneurs the more challenging it is right the more passion and motivation you have to solve those challenges And that's what's so motivating about Arismat and about the mission that you have also. What are some of the factors in 2023? We have an inflationary environment, right? We're coming out of um, the pandemic, uh, higher interest rates. In terms of the larger macroeconomic environment here, how do you see that affecting or not um, scaling the business in the terms of the integration of technology into agriculture on the African continent?
2: Yeah, that's uh that's a very critical question. Uh, if I not critical, but that's a very tough question
1: to say <laughs> I am asking the tough questions today, Soji. <laughs>
2: oh yes. Yeah, I need to put up my economic cap. That's okay. Yeah, so, yeah, very valid question, because at the end of the day, smart is a business, and, uh, you know, with what is happening around the world in terms of, you know, cash availability and all that have happened, interest rate going up, it's, uh, it poses a challenge on its own. That But this is my view, uh, and, and I believe uh, you agree with me, too, on this, uh, Aisha, and perhaps your your a viewer or listener to this podcast is the fact that at the end of the day, there's one common denominator to us as human. We have to eat food to survive, correct? I may not go for, you know, all my expensive uh, type of purchases or the nice to have um, for, for us at a because we're into agriculture, the output of that is a must to have to every human being. We have to eat, for example. Uh, and the, and the, I think uh, that in a way is a safety net for this industry that despite some of the challenges farmers will still grow crops, And in a way, uh, they will still be able, customers, I mean, uh, the majority of the population will still buy this food. But uh, on a more targeted note of the economy, uh, what we are seeing in Africa, and I think Nigeria to be precise, is the proposed intervention from government. uh, Because they know that, okay, how do we help these farmers to fight the cost of fertilizer that perhaps is on the rise? And all the other impute seeds and uh, all the other cost elements in the farm. I think the government intervention uh, we is helping, and from from the policy pronouncement that we're seeing that will help go through. Now, as a company, s smart, what I think, uh, and I, I think it would be nice, it would be nice to talk about this is in the terms of the investment landscape. So, for example, s smart. Looking to scale and trying to raise capital, that has changed significantly now. And uh, you know, uh, the investors are now relatively keeping their money very close to them. Are not willing to deploy capital. I think that for me, it, it cuts across all uh, startup environment, funding environment in general, not just SMART or agriculture. But what we have done uh, in SMART to make sure we're ready for some of this is to ensure from day one, for a very long time, to make our OPEX to be very low. And so keeping the light on, we made it very low. We took very good decision uh, in the past, you know, about a year ago to drive down OPEX. Because if we can survive on OPEX, then we are going to have more runway with the capital we have in the bank to keep the company running, uh, money from sales, keeping OPEX low. And they're innovating to make sure in the future we're able to go through this difficult time. And keeping OPEX, though, for us, has been made easy because all of our technology capabilities, they are owned in-house. The codes owned in-house is not that we're repackaging with UI, UX, and we're paying subscription to somebody. You no, know? we wrote our codes we hone them and that helps us to keep many things slow. And I don't want to go into some of the details uh, uh, that in in that, but maybe another topic, but we think this is helping us to go through uh, without burning out in terms of cash. And hopefully we'll turn the corner very soon and there'll be food for all and money available for all as well. So
1: Yes, and, and I think you brought up a very good point, Soji, about the investment landscape. About the deployment of capital, right? Especially in the macro economic environment that we find ourselves in. Uh, But you also spoke about the importance of partnerships with banks and government. And so, in your opinion, what can government do on their side uh, to make the investment landscape more appealing for investors who are interested in Arismat and in your sector? Or is there something that can be done, or partnerships between banks and investors and government together?
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, in, in terms of government, you know, uh, I, I know you share this uh, philosophy as well, Aisha, that you know, investment that is impact driven has to be patient capital. And I know that there are different uh, resources within government cover that are just tied down, uh, cash just tied down. I we imagine it to be helpful as an intervention uh, with government, the amazing work you are doing at impact vest already, is to bring this type of, you know, uh, capital, low interest perhaps, extremely low because it's just sitting there, and deploy that, put it in the hands of impact-driven investors like yourself, uh, like ImpactVest, and then, you know, because you now have access to this capital from government, you are in a position to deploy these to startups like SMAT and other impact-driven startups around the world and we can then innovate with patience. You know, the, the truth here is, uh, and this is my experience, so far my journey at SMART, impact-driven startups requires patient capital. And are we going to bring 10x? Yes, we will bring 10x to the investor because at the end of the day, it's not charity. The investor needs to make profit, but then it requires patience. And that's where the government can come in working, collaborating with companies like yours, and then you, uh, in, in return, helping startups, and uh, it becomes transparent. And the cascaded impact of that is the generality of the over several billion people on the face of the heart. For Africa 1.4, if this works well, uh, the impacts will be so phenomenal that government would have done magic by unlocking uh, this capital that is just tied somewhere and giving such to companies like yours to achieve this singular objective so that that's my view partnership with banks we're doing that already i think for us at Smart is going to help us to increase our sales the the more we sell the more we have revenue then we think we'll be able to survive this situation that is around the world today so
1: yes and that's exactly it and, and 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 that's what we believe here at impact bus is that we need patient capital and we need to actually redefine what it means to be an investor because the definition of investment the widely accepted one today does does not fit the realities of uh, most of the world of the solutions in sustainability that require longer time horizons, that require patient capital, that require a different mindset from investors, and this is what we're focused on to really bring real sustainability outcomes and solutions to millions, like you said, Soji, around the world, right? And so that's why your work is so important and so motivating to us here. And we're so happy to support you on your mission. Right? And so for the rest of the year into 2024, how do you see the progress of AirSmart and where where do you hope to be a year from now with AirSmart? Uh,
2: thank you, Aisha. Uh, that's a good question that myself and my team we have taken time to think through. This is our year, uh, SMAT year, to be honest, 2023, uh, because we think we will sell more. We've we built amazing capabilities that now farmers are talking about, AirSmart, So, for us, 2023 to 2024 is is the beginning of a significant growth uh, driven by all that I've talked about, you know, partnership with all the banks and the uh, educationists and all of those in the agri sector that that will drive growth. Uh, and, And we also know that as part of our plan is to not give up on innovation. On the road roadmap, there are loads of other things, you know, increasing the capability of our AI platform to cover a whole lot of things. Uh, one question that farmers have asked us is, how do we calculate the crop yield ratio? How do I know that if I apply all of these and, uh, you know, this is what I'm expected to have, I'm sure we'll bring something, an announcement pretty soon in this space and so it will be innovation sales, innovation sales. And we, we will go into 2024 with this. Yeah, and get to work more with uh, Impact Vest. You know, uh, some of the initiatives you are driving uh, within the Alliance uh, will play a lot of, I mean, myself and my team uh, will be there uh, working and helping to drive the gospel of Impact Vest uh, within the continent. Uh, so that it's not just narrowed focus. We just spread and we make the required impact. Uh, of course, we make profit, but then we, we provide social impact to, to mankind on the continent. So
1: Yes, because you brought up a really good point, Soji, because you are one of our Impact Fest Alliance ambassadors uh, that we're very happy about. We, we have a vision of being able to be on the ground, within the African continent and frontier and emerging markets to be able to redefine the definition of investment. It really starts on the ground. I, I saw that in, in the foreign service. Um, and what's always very important for me is to have the on-the-ground initiatives uh, to be able to really see where the positive impact and sustainability outcomes lie because they're because they're there they're with people right it's within the community that's so important for us and so it's really exciting to launch our ambassador program and to be able to scale we plan on having various groups on the ground to really uh, link the deployment of capital from the investor to the on-the-ground initiatives to be able to track real sustainability outcomes. And this is just the beginning and you're part of our ambassadors at the yeah. Impact Alliance. And so it's a very exciting period for us uh, here uh, because we have the ability to show what it really means to be an impact investor and what it means since I since I started on the ground also I didn't start in finance and investment. I started on the ground and and in the Foreign Service uh, working with a lot of educational programs and and seeing the outcomes of our efforts um, and and that's where it it is. I worked with a lot of farmers as well, right? Um, and to to be able to start with the on the ground initiatives and then to work backwards toward okay, so these are the outcomes that we wish to see. Now, what is the capital that we need? Where is the efficiency in the deployment of capital? And and that's what we're aiming for. So so it's a. a Quite exciting period, and we're very happy to support you and to really redefine what it means to be an investor. And what it means is is that we're partners with founders and companies like yourself, Soji, who are so passionate and so motivated to uh, have real change in terms of sustainability outcomes. And so thank you very much, Soji, for joining us today on our podcast. Uh, We're very excited to have you with us here. And uh, yeah, let's let's keep scaling and keep growing toward our vision.
2: Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, please feel free to pull me back any other time you want me to come talk. I'm available. Let's do this together. Thank you.
1: Great. Great, Soji. Well, we'll definitely have you back on. So thank you very much, Soji. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Soji.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening to the ImpactVest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. Join us next week for another episode and become part of our ImpactVest newsletter community, where you will receive all of the latest updates about our work in this new era of innovative impact finance. See you next week as we create the future of finance at ImpactVest.